and I are in the same industry. So we frequently bounce ideas off each other, just network at different business things and help each other out. So I'm super excited to have her here with her expertise and sharing it with all of you. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Welcome, 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 everybody. If you're new here, this is the Small Minded Podcast where we talk about small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. And if you're a person who's been listening regularly, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, It's been a hot minute since I've had a guest, but today is going to be a good one. I know it was worth the wait because today I'm sitting down with my friend, Jordan Trump. Jordan is a soon-to-be mama a community volunteer, a small town lover. She is very active in thinking up new ideas and carrying them through. She is a social seller. She is now a social media marketer with her own business, and she's just awesome. In today's interview, she brought up so many great points that I cannot wait to share with you. And we discuss everything from living in a small town, to moving to a new small town across the state, to volunteering in your small town and where you could set up boundaries around those things, how to build your business, what are some things you can do on social media right now to improve your presence, and even more than that. So thank you very much for being here, and I hope you enjoy today's interview with my good friend, Jordan Trump of Socially Jordan Media. Well, welcome, Jordan, to the Small Minded Podcast. Yes, it's so awesome to be here. Thank you. (laughs) In full transparency, Jordan and I just (laughs) recorded a whole question, and I goofed up on the tech on my end. So we're just going to pretend like we're getting fresh into this episode. Like, we're going to redo the whole beginning part of this. Thanks for being such a good team player, Jordan. (laughs) No problem. It happens. All right. So Jordan and I have known each other for a few years now. Um, She and I live in the same small town and our paths crossed uh, yeah, three or four years ago. And ever since then, we've been in close contact because Jordan and I are in the same industry. So we frequently bounce ideas off each other, just network at different business things and help each other out. So I'm super excited to have her here with her expertise and sharing it with all of you. Yes. All right, Jordan, you want to go ahead and give us another time, take two, (laughs) of who you are and kind of your background. Absolutely. So like Molly said, I'm Jordan. I moved to Cascade, oh, maybe five or six years ago um, when I married my husband. He farms here in Cascade, and it's just one of those things. You can't move the farm. So here I am. Um, I used to live in Lamar's, which is literally on the other side of the state, almost South Dakota. It's crazy. So I lived there and then I went to Iowa State where I graduated with an event management degree. And that is where I met my husband, Robert. And so we live here. 
Um, I professionally am an administrative assistant for my dad um, and his business. So I do a bunch of bookwork and all that good stuff. And then I also am a social media marketer like Molly, and I manage small businesses as well as larger businesses and their social media platforms. That's me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Jordan is multi-passionate and multi-talented. So I'll dig a little bit more out of her as we go through the episode, but <laughs> that is a very brief synopsis of all the things you do. You are so awesome. So I'm super excited to get a little bit deeper now. So you yeah. said that you help your dad as an administrative assistant at his small business. You help other small businesses with their social media marketing and management. What is it about small businesses in these small towns that has kind of drawn you in and that's been the type of business that you've been focusing on with your own business? Absolutely. So I guess my opinion is when you live in a small town, um, you want to see that small town thrive. And if you can help those small businesses thrive, especially with social media, which is huge, it's a huge outlet and a huge way to advertise and market for your business. The more those small businesses grow, the more businesses you're going to bring to town, which then in just return makes your small town grow. The money is kept in the small town. The businesses are thriving. Um, your schools are doing better. You know, it's just really a, a whole circle of market. I mean, it's just a whole circle, right? And it's just so crazy that just a little bit of marketing or, you know, helping those small businesses can truly help the entire town grow. I've seen that personally in Cascade with, you know, these businesses that are growing and you see them more present on social media and the town we've got more businesses, more restaurants, more things to do, which just keeps your community in your community rather than going to outside communities to do those things. So I think it's fun. Um, even with my dad's business, it's fun to see those small businesses and, you know, and, and they're the small businesses are, are family owned usually, which is cool too. I just joined my, my dad's business. It's very family oriented. My, um, my brother, my couple of my brothers work for him as well. Um, my mom helps as well when she can. And so it's just fun to see those small families and small businesses thrive with their families. Yeah. I think that's, you just like hit it on the head for my reasons too. <laughs> like, you know, the people who are running these businesses, a lot of times they've, yeah. they're generational or they've got family working side by side. And it's like, when you have these small town businesses, you get to see the people that you're working with. They are customer facing. It's not a faceless brand. You know, the people mm -hmm. behind the counter or working on your car or whatever the business is. But I also liked what you talked about when you said that it's a circular effect where it might start with one business doing one thing, but then eventually it catches on in these smaller communities and then it can lead to big impacts. And you said it's happening in Cascade, but I know that you have a history of working in our neighboring community of Dyersville and you saw it there too, correct? Oh yeah. Dyersville um, is, is booming. It's crazy. Um, it's, I mean, it's Cascade and Dyersville, Monticello's even growing. Um, but yeah, Dyersville has more businesses. They're getting an innovative lab like Cascade has, which is awesome. And it just like, I mean, their economic development, their chamber, their, you know, downtown, they're all supporting those businesses and helping them, whether it's grant writing or 
um, you know, design or whatever it may be, but they're helping their community because they want to see it grow. Yeah, Dyersville's growing. <laughs> it's awesome. I think this might be a good time to segue into something that I wanted to tap into with you for sure. Jordan is yeah. one of the most generous and talented people that I know. And she has been instrumental in a lot of local community groups throughout the years. So Jordan, do you want to tell us a little bit about the role that you see small town citizens playing and why they should be volunteering in some of the organizations or committees that are in their communities? Absolutely. So I guess I should start by saying when I moved to Cascade, I really didn't know anybody other than my husband and his family. And they kind of keep to themselves. They kind of, you know, they're busy doing their thing. And so I am definitely an extrovert. My husband is definitely an introvert. And so I love I, it. <laughs> I am not somebody who's going to sit at home during harvest or spring planting and just like twiddle my thumbs. I had to meet people. I needed to like just branch out and get to know people. And when you move from like a high school to another high school, you have access to people, right? But when you move and you're an adult, I don't really know what there is. And so I was somebody who wanted to jump headfirst into organizations and groups because I knew that's how I could get to know people. So I joined the Cascade Chamber. Um, I joined the Young Professionals in Dyersville, which is a huge organization, actually where I've gotten a couple jobs from. I've met tons of people. So while I think it's important to volunteer and give back to your community, because it really comes again, that full circle, the more you're willing to give to your community, the more your community is willing to give back and is going to grow in return. And then, I mean, you personally, like me personally, I grew and I know, I almost know sometimes more people than my in-laws or my husband knows in town. They're like, how do you know that person? Well, I'm like, well, I was on a board or a committee or, you know, something with them. It's just another small town know, perk. I know so-and-so from this other thing and they know yeah. this person because they're cousins, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's just, it's crazy. So I guess I would, yeah, I would just say that the volunteering, it's not only just to like give back to community, but remember it's like a professional and like personal growth thing that you meet tons of people through it um, and you gain connections. Some of my clients for social media have come from the young professionals or from the chamber or from organizations that I've been a part of. And it's just a way to meet new people and, you know, navigate your own business and your own life and meet new friends. And, you know, it's, it's more than just giving back to your community, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, I think that is spot on. And it's one of those things too, that like you said, the more you give, or like the time that you commit to this committee, it's making an improvement in the town, but also in yourself. And I think it also goes mm -hmm. to like, you know, you can sit on the sidelines and you can complain or you can talk about all the ways things should have been done. But the only way to really like stand up and make a difference in how things are happening in your small town, if you want to see it grow and thrive, is to take a position on one of those committees or boards or organizations mm -hmm. and get active, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a time commitment, that's for sure. And sometimes they're longer and sometimes they're shorter. But usually a lot of the boards have term limits, you know, so definitely asking about that is huge. Because I know, you know, some people are like, Oh, I don't want to be on a board because I have to be there for eight plus years. Well, usually they're like two to three year terms. And 
they go pretty fast. So yeah, just giving your time. Um, and then along with that goes like you can commit time to certain boards, but there's also a point where it like gets to be pretty demanding and you have to like have some boundaries. Do you have mm-hmm. like a way that you go about saying, okay, in the next two years, I'm going to do one committee or maybe in the next two years, I'm going to take a break and then I'll get back involved in like the hometown day celebration. Do you have like personal guidelines now that kind of help you decide when and how you're going to volunteer? Yes, I think you have to. (laughs) Um, Because when I first moved here, oh my gosh, I was at a meeting. I felt like every single night I was involved in far too many organizations and it got to be where it was just, it wasn't serving me anymore. And so 2020, while it was a nightmare for a lot of people, it was such a blessing to me to truly like slow down and not go to all these meetings and not have all these committees and all these events and all of these things. And so in doing so, I kind of took a step back and said, okay, what of these committees that I'm on truly is serving me in this time of my life? And while I still really support the Cascade Chamber, it just wasn't, it wasn't serving me at that time. And and my time was over. My time was done. Somebody else, new ideas needed to come in. And so I decided to, to step down. And, and so it's one of those things where what serves me and what brings me joy. So I help with the Dyersville Downtown Market. And that brings me so much joy. Like I love to see small businesses. I love to see so many of those businesses that you don't even know because they don't have storefronts. Like, so that like, I mean, I'm sure you could see it in my face. It just like sparks so much joy immediately when I even mentioned it. So that's kind of where I like, I have to like evaluate my time. My husband's very busy. And so I have to realize, okay, so if he's going to be gone these days, then I can be gone, but I don't want to be gone every night that he's home, you know, whether it's in the winter or off seasons and such. So I kind of have to, you know, navigate that a little bit just because I don't want to be, we are also expecting. And so it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be too overwhelmed with, you know, um, organizations and groups and such and meetings just because I'm preparing for that. So I guess what brings you joy and what's, what's serving you at the time. There are definitely, I believe there are seasons of life and each season has different things and you have to evaluate and just kind of see and do what's best for you. My biggest downfall, I guess I would say, is that I always fear that that the group or organization isn't going to continue to the best of its ability because I'm not there. Um, that's something that I've personally had to overcome. And it's just one of those they were there before you got there and they'll still be there afterwards, whether it's, you know, to your liking or whatnot, um, they'll, they'll be fine. So, so yeah, so 2020 definitely gave me the opportunity to step back on some of those. Um, I've met a lot of people. So I now I know a lot of people. Um, I don't necessarily need to do it for that reason. Um, I still love to meet new people and do that, but I definitely, what more so brings me joy than anything, I guess. Oh, you hit so many things in there and made so many important points that I just want to make sure our listeners are catching. So I love that you said it has to be bringing you joy because there is definitely an element of volunteer burnout, I believe. And you get to a point where like you are feeling resentful maybe. And it's like, you're the one who, like, I guess I'm speaking to myself more than anybody else. Like Mm -hmm. I signed up for this. I wanted to volunteer my time. 
So why am I now being like bitter about certain things that are coming onto my plate? So that might be a sign that, okay, maybe it's time to reevaluate. Is this serving me? Is it bringing me joy? And the other thing that I thought you said was really important is making sure that like come to terms when like the season of your life has evolved and you're ready to move on. Don't commit Mm -hmm. to staying on a committee just because you're worried about its longevity. Like you said, it was there before you came. It will be there afterwards. And if you're the person who started that, maybe it was a committee that was something that you put together out of a passionate project. But if you've put it together successfully, it should be able to outlast you. So I think a lot of people in small towns do overcommit um, and they may like just be scared to let go, but it's okay Mm -hmm. because then other people can come in. They can bring fresh ideas and creativity. We can get a whole other wave of people who maybe haven't had an opportunity to serve and get them involved and interested in what's happening to make our community so great. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I'm just reiterating everything you said. You did a great job. (laughs) Are you ready to get real? Here we are in the middle of February. Are you still reaching for those goals that you set back in January? If one of your goals for your business was to improve your social media marketing or to get better at Instagram, then this month, Molly Knuth Media has just what you need. It all starts this Thursday with our Get Real training. This one-hour workshop will teach you how to create a reel that not only looks great, but that hits with your ideal audience. We're going to cover how to put together a reel, which is a learning curve, my friends, how to film, how to clip and trim those video clips, how to add music, how to make a voiceover, where to put the text and how to get the cover so that it looks good in your grid. We're going to cover all the things this Thursday in the Get Real Workshop. If you haven't already, head over to the show notes for the link so that you can get in on this month's free one-hour Get Real training and learn how to create reels on Instagram for your business. I hope to see you inside. Okay, so... When you came to Cascade, you said a lot of the reason that you originally volunteered in these committees and organizations was so that you could meet new people and kind of get to know the new community that you lived in. And one thing I really wanted to touch on in our interview today is that event in your life where you came from a small town, you moved to this new small town, and like all of the things that come along with that. Like you said, when you switch high schools, you're like put into you're immersed in this new environment. But as an adult, it can be really different. And I can't speak to that because I've lived here forever. (laughs) But um, I'm interested to hear your take. What were some of the really cool things about moving from one small town to another? And maybe what were some of the struggles that you learned from that you could illuminate our listeners to? Yeah. So I moved from I mean, I think that everywhere in Iowa is really a small town unless you live in like Des Moines or Iowa City. (laughs) Um, But the town that I grew up in is quite larger than Cascade. And so there was a lot more, I guess. Like we had a Walmart. We had like bigger grocery stores, whereas Cascade just has brothers and it's just, you know, the cutest little thing and very local and I love it. So I guess moving... um, I love that there's only one stoplight (laughs) in Cascade. 
which is so goofy. But in Lamar's, there's tons of them, and you get stuck, and then you get stuck behind a train, and it's just like, ah. But that would be, I guess, one of the bigger things. And then Cascade is a little bit smaller, and so I feel like you know people on more of a personal level. Like I could go to church in Lamar's or the grocery store or really wherever, and there would be people that I didn't actually know. Um, it's a town of like, I think it's like 10 to 15,000 people, whereas Cascades is obviously much smaller than that. I think we're like 2,500 maybe. Yeah, something like that. So it's just a different like dynamic in that sense. I know a lot of people from Lamar's, but I don't know them on a personal level like I do people in Cascades. So while people, you know, small towns get a bad rap because they're so small and, you know, whatever, but it's fun to know people. You go to the grocery store and you know, you're going to know five to 10 people in there. So I think that that's awesome. Um, One of the harder things, I guess, for me moving here was that I am very extroverted. um, And I want to know people I want to be involved, I want to. um, And sometimes small towns can be very, you've lived here all your life, you have the same friends, your family's here, your in-laws are families here, your sister lives down the street your grandma's you know wherever like everybody just lives here and so when you become the outsider the person who doesn't have any family that lives here other than your in-laws um I guess that was the biggest struggle for me it was like finding that group of people who welcomed you in and was open to being friends with you I guess Cascade's friendly I'm not going to say that they're not but they're just very it was just very like they're you know, they have their set group of people, they have family, they don't, mm-hmm. it's not that my coworker at State Farm said one time, she's like, it's not that I don't want new friends, I just don't think to have new friends, because everybody I know, I've known forever, mm-hmm. which like that kind of like hit me. Um, that makes sense. I mean, I get it. You're not trying to be mean. It's not that you don't want to be my friend. It's just that you have all the friends and family that you've really ever needed. And so just finding that group of people and which is one of the major reasons why I got involved was to meet new people and just to meet, you know, different groups of people and meet new friends. So that was probably like the biggest obstacle or struggle that I had um, in moving here, just because I have had a lot of friends. <laughs> I just didn't when I moved here. And then I mean, now I have now I, I mean, I know Molly very well. There's other local community members that I know on a very deep level and that's awesome um and I know people at the grocery store now <laughs> that's awesome I always I always have to like when I go to the grocery store like allocate at least 15 extra minutes because chances are you're gonna run into somebody and have a conversation yep. and if you go on Sunday yep. at 11 a.m you're gonna run into everybody after church and so it's gonna be like yep. a half hour that you need to allocate but I love having your perspective on this because We just recently in Cascade, if listeners have heard other episodes, we completed the Cascade Heart and Soul process, which was like determining what our town was strong in and how we could move forward and improve. But first we had to like really get deep on our data and talk to the people in the community instead of just letting a few people around a board table determine what Mm -hmm. was important and what was strong. So one of the things that I thought was very important that you brought to light was this concept of, yeah, Cascade is a welcoming town. And I would say a lot of small towns probably would think of themselves as, yeah, we're welcoming. We're nice. We'll bring you a casserole. We'll like help you out if your car's broken down. 
But being welcoming like that is different than like being welcoming in a sense of, okay, if you're new here to town, we're not going to like point at you from across the bar. We're going to go up and say, hi, we're going to make sure that you like know where you can find utilities. We're going to make sure that, you know, we have this newcomer celebration. We want to like really get you woven into the fabric of our community instead of feeling like you're left out. And I thought that was such a good point to bring up because like I said, to a lot of people, they thought of themselves as welcoming. But when you put a mirror up to it, you're like, man, maybe I am more like that comment from the state farm <laughs> girl. Like, yeah, I, I've been yeah. here forever. And so I haven't had to like force myself to be extra welcoming, but I should be. And so I just, mm-hmm. I love that you brought that up. And I thank you for sharing all of that with us. Yeah. Okay. So now we can talk business. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about the evolution of your business, Socially Jordan, and give me a few things that you really hope to accomplish with your work in social media marketing. Yeah. So I, okay. So my dad started his business. He owns a, uh, he has like lawnmowers and power equipment in Lamar's. He owns a store and then he also builds hog buildings. And so he created the storefront, I believe in 2017. And so that was the time when he came to me and he said, Hey, I need somebody to do my marketing and I don't know what I'm doing. I know I need to be on Facebook, but I really have no idea what that means or I have no idea. And he was busy enough the way it was with what he was doing. So he kind of had my as a social media marketer, and you've said this before in other episodes, but the two main reasons I would say people come to you to do business is because one, they don't know how to do it themselves. And two, they simply don't have the time. They're they're busy doing the other things and, you know, got their hands and all and hats and all that stuff. And so he fell under both the categories. Um, and so oh. I started helping him. Um you know, posting, managing his insights, that kind of stuff. And I, I knew what I was doing, but not to the level, I guess, that I do now entering 2021. Um, I've obviously learned a whole bunch since then and things have changed and evolved and all that good stuff. So yeah, so I started out with him and he's still a client, which is awesome. (laughs) Wow. Gotta Um, love those loyal clients. (laughs) I know, right? I don't know where else he'd go, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so I do that. And then that's just kind of like really spiraled, um, you know, and word of mouth has been awesome for me, um, to grow that way. Um, he's, my dad is definitely my biggest advocate. He's gotten me several clients, which has been great. So I do a lot of, I guess you kind of focus more on like your small businesses. And while I love small businesses, I do do some bigger businesses, some more corporate type things. Um, which is fun. It's definitely a different experience than, you know, your small business corporate's a little bit more specific and strategic with things. Um, Whereas small business is more of the fun stuff behind the scenes, you know, your, your faces, your people who own the company, all that good stuff. So yeah, so I've kind of grown from there. Um, It's definitely a full-time job, (laughs) Um, you know, between managing the accounts. So I also do Instagram. Um, I I can help you with a website if you need help. I don't specifically love to do website design, but I can definitely do it. And then 
so I guess I would say I focus more on Facebook and Instagram. Those are my two um, go-to platforms. I know that there's Twitter and LinkedIn and all of those and TikTok and all the other ones now that you can be on. But um, so yeah, so I guess it's just evolved from my dad's business to um, now helping other now Cascade businesses and Lamar's businesses and everywhere in between, which has been super fun to um, learn. And to be honest, I've learned so much. Like there's so many things about lawnmowers that I didn't even know (laughs) that you could even know about. Or like I have a realtor as a client. Like there's a lot of that stuff that I didn't know. Like there's a bunch of stuff that you learn just because you have to research the content you're going to post. And so it's just been, I mean, my knowledge has just grown (laughs) from, from this business as well, which is cool, I guess. So I think that's such it's so fun and it's so true because like there's so many things that my clients do that I'm like oh my gosh this is so cool and I have no idea how you do it so then I have to go like Mm -hmm. research and it gives you an appreciation for how many people it takes to be able to build a house or live in a house or grow a community like it just gives you such an appreciation for it. it takes all kinds of kinds right it does yes it's crazy um okay so Why is what you do in social media marketing such a necessity in 2021? As businesses are looking forward at the new year, why is this a place that they need to invest either time or money to understand and do correctly? Absolutely. So I think we all know what 2020 was like. We don't need to go back to that. Um, But it was very virtual. It was so Zoomed meeting. It was so Facebook oriented. And you were buying products online and having them shipped to your house. You were high the aisles online. I mean, everything you were doing was online simply because you couldn't go to those businesses. You couldn't, you know, or maybe you didn't feel comfortable or safe or whatnot. And so everything got very, very digital, very social. Um, and people had time. People were working from home. And so when the phone wasn't ringing, they were scrolling Facebook or, you know, on Instagram or whatnot. And so as we go into 2021, it's so important to, to continue to be there because, um, you know, we're only a month into 2021 and it, things aren't back to fully in the stores, back to fully normal. Um, and so I think it's still important right now to still be on social and still understand what you're doing, um, and target those people who are buying things online. I have more ads on my Facebook page for baby stuff and I'm buying it because it's there, you know? And so it's, it's so important that you put your content in front of people and get on social and, and to even go further than that, there are so many times when I search somebody, uh, you know, like if I search a business to see what their hours are, or I search a business for a menu or something like that, a lot of the times I'm going to Facebook to do that. I know that a lot of people are going to Google and you can still do Google, but even sometimes when you search on Google, it links you to their Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I try Facebook first and then I go to Google if I can't find them there. And so people are searching Facebook as a search engine rather than just a social platform. And so if you can be on there using your keywords and doing all of that good stuff, you're going to be seen, you're going to be found. And people, honestly, me specifically, if you don't post on Facebook or you don't like, if you have a very blank page, I'm kind of like, maybe I shouldn't do business with that. Maybe I, you know, maybe I shouldn't um, 
you know, do they have reviews? Should I trust them? I don't know. I'm new to the mm-hmm. community, you know, so it's, it's so important to be on there and focusing not only on your Google reviews, but on Facebook reviews and just posting content and, you know, putting that face with your business name and who you are and all that good stuff. Yeah. And I think just what you said, like having it up to date, instead of only posting a couple times a year, it just, it makes you show up in those Google searches mm-hmm. And it just shows that you're still in business, right? Um, Because like in the aftermath of the COVID quarantine, like those initial shutdowns, it was the easiest, quickest way to adapt to those changes was to throw a Facebook post out. And I thought Mm -hmm. so many times during that specific timeframe, like, oh, I'm so glad that these businesses have invested in social media because otherwise, Mm -hmm. like a restaurant that had to make a quick pivot what would we have done without Facebook? Like you would have had to put a sign up in your window and hope that people who drove to come eat at your restaurant, like weren't mad that they mm-hmm. drove 30 minutes and you were closed. Like the easiest and quickest way to update your followers is on social media. And the way to be reliable and get your followers to find you is to be consistent on social media in those off times too. So yes, I 100% agree. It's something that is expected more than just a fun little feature of your marketing, right? Yes, as businesses, especially. And those people that are, you know, influencers and things like that, they're thriving on social media and making all kinds of money. So, you know, it's not just something that you put a random post out about something. It's a way to make money. And it's a usually a free way to make money. You know, so it's like, just do it. I promise it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So. Um, what are some of like your hot tips for people who let's start with like people brand new, they're just starting a page either on Facebook or on Instagram. What are your like two best tips for that sect of people? And then we'll go into like people who've been doing social media. What are your two best tips for them? Okay. So beginners, I would say the bio and the about me or the about section is so stinking important. You need to have it filled out to its fullest. So a website, an email, a phone number, your business hours, all of that stuff truly needs to be filled out because people look at it. People want to know when you're open. People want to know how they can reach you or, um, you know, who you are. So I would definitely say your about section needs to be a hundred percent filled out. I mean, if you don't have an email, don't put an email in there, but I mean, as much as you can, obviously put it in there. My other thing would be to talk about you, the business owner, or you, you know, as a business, um, because there's nothing that I like more than to know who I'm working with. You know, that's one of the, sometimes the first thing I'm like, oh, who's starting this business? In fact, I got an invite yesterday for a new business in Cascade. And I was like, so pumped. I'm like, wait, who is this? Like, who's doing this? And then I just had to wait a little bit because they were on it. But then they posted, you know, that it was, these two mom and daughter combination and they're going to do a wedding decor. And I was like, so pumped, but because they put who they were, I was like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. You know? So I would say you're about section and then who you are so that people can put a name with a business and a face with a business is my, I guess my two tips. Great tips for beginners. Okay. So now what about those businesses who've maybe been using social media for a year or two? They're beyond that beginner stage, but they want to be able to either do better conversions, meaning getting those followers to buy, or they want to scale and like grow their numbers. 
So what are your best tips for those businesses who have been doing this for a little bit, but they want to see improvements? For sure. So, I mean, I think that it's one of those things where it's just been drilled into our heads as social media marketers, but consistency is key. Um, making sure that you are consistent and not always putting your product necessarily in front of them. Um, I listened to a podcast from Molly actually, uh, last week and she talked about the, the, oh, what's his name? Donald. Oh, Donald Miller from building a story brand. Donald. Yes. Donald Miller. Thank you. And so definitely like that whole concept of making your, your customer, the hero and telling a story is huge. Um, because people connect with story, people connect with people. And so consistency, and then just putting that content out there, that's not always necessarily your product. Um, but understanding that people are going to buy you and your business. And so, I mean, there's so many opportunities to buy the same, you know, product out there, but I buy it specifically from this floral company in Cascade because I know them and I genuinely can connect with them because they post content that is connectable. Um, so I would say, yes, consistency and then just telling that story and not making it all about your product because there's more to your business than just your product. Love that. I love that tip because like you said, yeah, you're building that know, like, and trust. And that is going to create not only customers, but loyal customers. And mm -hmm. having that long game viewpoint is very important. And then, and it builds talking points. Like if somebody comes into your business and they're like, Hey, I saw that you hung Christmas lights and, and, you know, and you're like, Oh, it, you know, the business owner may not have known that that was, you know, out there or something, but it, it builds. Yeah, we do that. We, we hang Christmas lights or we, you know, restructure your lights on your outside and cause we're an electrical company or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, it's, it's a conversation starter um, outside of, outside of the storefront. So that's a good way to do it too. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because so many times when you're posting on social, it can be like, you're just like filling a void. Like you're just posting into mm -hmm. like the great beyond or something, but then you're in line at the grocery store and somebody's like, Hey, I saw that you blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're like, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, where did you see my video? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, somebody's watching. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. It creates talking points. You're you're exactly right. And in small towns, people love the talking points, right? So we're giving them something to talk exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, we are going to move into the last part of today's interview. But before we do that, can you give us um, how people can work with you? Where can they find you online? What are some things you're offering right now? Yeah. So I am on Facebook, Socially Jordan Media, and then Instagram, Socially Jordan. Um, I have a website, sociallyjordanmedia.com, um, where I have all kinds of information as to how you can work with me. Um, I am full service. Um, I do a lot of the same type of business as Molly does, not as not as much as she does. She's an overachiever sometimes. But, um, <laughs> Blame I it do. on my Enneagram. Blame it on my Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I do, um, I will do all of your social media, which means I basically take over and I do all the content prep all of it. You basically just send me photos and I work around that and create the content. Um, I will also do like virtual meetings or meetings where we just review your social media and I can give suggestions on how to, you know, better it or what content you should maybe be posting or things you can change and things like that. Kind of like a page audit, I guess I would call it. So yeah, that's me. Uh, and something Jordan, like she is great about like working towards <laughs> goals. 
I think that you're very strategic with your clients and you can like work yes. in a way that gets them to their bigger business goals, not just like a follower count or anything. But I love that you are working with them on the back end and making sure that this is working for the benefit of their business. Mm-hmm. So Jordan's the Absolutely. gal to find. Um, okay, so <laughs> now we're going to enter the small talk round. Um, I'm just going to okay. ask you a few random questions and don't overthink them. It's just going to be like quick and your first thought. Okay. Okay. All right. So first up, what is your go-to snack? Um, I would have to say chips and salsa. Yeah. Do you have a favorite salsa brand? No, I usually just eat the Tostitos unless like I have homemade. If like I have homemade salsa, homemade salsa over anything, but usually it's the Tostitos and then multigrain scoops. And then sometimes if I'm like feeling spontaneous, I'll chuck in some lightly salted almonds and that's really good. Ooh. Adds a little extra crunch. I didn't know. Yeah, I like the scoops as well. <laughs> I yes. like, uh, so now we're going to get deep about chips. I like the multigrain <laughs> scoops because I feel like there's a little more flavor yes. there. <laughs> yes. When you go back to the regular scoops, there's definitely a difference. I think so too. Oh, love it. <laughs> All right. Next question. What professional development book? would you recommend or we could do podcast book or podcast what's one that you would recommend to other people who are looking to grow to be completely honest I'm not a book reader um which okay. is probably not good um the I guess the professional development more so than personal development um I did a lot of personal development in 2020 um so I I did like all of the Hollis's books and I would highly recommend those um Girl Wash Your Face was I think one of my favorites um just kind of put things into perspective for me um and as far as podcasts go I would say um I listen to Jenna Kutcher's podcast a lot I love that um one. yeah the Hollis podcasts are great too Molly's podcast I've learned a lot from I listen to almost <laughs> all of her episodes in a car ride period. And yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. Next up, what's your favorite social platform? Not for business, but like just to hang out on. I would say Instagram or TikTok. Um, I don't TikTok, but I like to watch the TikToks. Um, I've learned a lot. Like I've learned a lot of like, I bought so much random stuff from Amazon that I did not need because of TikTok. Influencing at its finest, right? Yes. So I, yeah, but I like the, I like the aesthetic um, and like the, I don't know, the easiness and what I feel like people think is easy to just like direct message someone from Instagram stories and things like that. I think that that's, that's such a fun platform too. Really social. I think, yeah, for those reasons that you said too, like Instagram is where it's at for connecting and building relationships. I found Instagram Mm -hmm. to be such a good relationship builder. And then TikTok, yes. like yesterday morning, I was on TikTok for maybe a half hour and I forwarded probably 10 videos to like my sister, my mom, because I'm just like, <laughs> other people have to see this creativity. Like TikTok is just a wealth of creativity right now. And it makes me so happy. Yes. <laughs> it's so just, yeah, enjoyable too. But you can definitely get lost. I mean, five minutes turns into two hours and you're like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I need to put some time limits on this. I, I hear you. Yes. <laughs> All right. What was your first job? The first job you were paid for? Um, I worked at, it's called Jerry's Pizza. And it was, it's very, very, if you're from Eastern Iowa, you know what Happy Joe's is. 
It's very, very similar to Happy Joe's, but it was just, I started there when I was 14. My parents actually bought the owner's house at the time. And so they're like, you want a job? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) So I sauced and made pizzas. It was fun. It was so fun. I worked there for a long time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's all the questions that I had. Is there any last thoughts you want to leave with our listeners today? Um, I guess I would just say to do things that bring you joy and truly get involved with your community because when you get involved, it definitely, I mean, it sparks so much growth in your community and that's brought me a lot of joy um, in Cascade and in Dyersville. Um, So I would just say, don't do it if it doesn't bring you joy and don't feel guilty if it doesn't bring you joy. Great last thoughts. Thank you so much, Jordan. And again, you can find her at Socially Jordan on Instagram or at Socially Jordan Media on Facebook and sociallyjordanmedia.com if you're looking for her website. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll catch you next week. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. <laughs>